Welcome to Postmodem, live from New York, Saturday afternoon. Brought to you by the hand button. Made by our, 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 our friend, friend of the friend of the show, friend of the show, Ed, Ed Funkatron Finkler. He is a good man, and he has given us the greatest website, the Ham Button. Visit it at hambutton.com. Yeah, I expect our check to be in the mail, Ed. <laughs> it should arrive when we return. Yes. So, like, first live episode. This is yep. the best. Yeah, we we never do this in the same room. No, and now we're all in New York City. New York City. It's a, it's Williamsburg. Been, it's it, it's been a pretty good time. We uh, we saw I saw something I've never seen, which was a sidecar on a scooter. <laughs> that, that was it, it. wasn't just any scooter. It was like a full. It was, it was a, a full on Vespa. It was a Vespa. It was a maroon Vespa. Normally, you see a sidecar on a motorcycle, and and that that's that's in, that's that's undignified. And it also, as it drove by, it, it gave off the most ungodly stench of, like, what would you... I would describe it as the, the typical sort of two-stroke engine smell of, like, not quite fully burned gasoline. Right, right. It, 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 it smelled feeble. <laughs> yeah. It needed maintenance. <laughs> it smelled like sick. It, it smelled like its sidecar looked. Oh! Oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, we'll ride under that guy later. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. on the uh, <laughs> I have a drink of that. Can I ride in your sidecar, please? <laughs> uh, I would just like to ask you if I could uh, please touch your sidecar. Please, may I touch your sidecar? Um, uh, when I I arrived last night, uh, and then Philip and I were were, out, were taking subway, and we uh, we saw some se- we saw several interesting things. Uh, where were we? We were on the, at Bedford Ave. Yeah, yeah. We're, so we're 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 well in like we're we're in the the kind of the hot spot of Williamsburg for for a Friday night. We're 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 like kind of near the waterfront ish. Yeah. We're we were in in and around the train station. Uh, Colin, what were your what were your impressions? Um, of Williamsburg. So there was there was one that was a very excellent busker, very excellent. He was he played playing some sort of original song that was like. I, I would I would describe it as very pleasant. Like it was very good. I, I was I was digging it. I was jamming I, out. I've seen him quite a few times. He's very talented. Um, uh, he uh, he wasn't like singing too loud, but he was singing, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. You don't want the busker to be like belting it out and like really irritating. People. And they often do that, right? He's, yeah, he's exactly. very considerate. Yeah, and he was, but he also wasn't singing too quietly that it felt like he was kind of mumbling. And that's always awkward, because then you're like, are you okay? Like, are you sort of just sitting here, like, zoned out? <laughs> is, this, like, is this a cry for help? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Are you, like, some sort of, like, methadone, like, sort of, like, recovering type guy, like, on the street, like, sort of just playing your music and, like, please help me. This, this went please to a dark place. Like. So this guy was not any of that. He was, he was, he was, he was very, very talented. I, I very much enjoyed him. While that was happening, though... Uh, a gaggle of uh, Williamsburg a murder a, a, murder. <laughs> a murder of Williamsburgites approached from behind. Um, they were actually behind me for most of the time. So, sort of my impression of it was that there was some there was some activity going on over my shoulder that Philip kept looking at, right? And sort of doing doing the the, the sort of like I'm I'm suppressing suppressing disgust slash yeah. shock slash amusement. I'm very easily face. distracted. You are, but. But but unless you, I, I feel like if someone does not know your facial expressions very well, they're not going to notice. Right. But but, but I you know do. you. I know you, and I could tell that there was something was up behind you. <laughs> and I was trying not. I didn't want to turn around because it could have been anything. Like it could have been. It could have been something. You know, some sort of person who might get activated by you know me, me <laughs> fully turning around to stare at them. So I was like, "What's up, buddy?" And uh, why don't you you go from here? Tell me what you saw. Yeah. So. There are these people, and, and they, they, I don't, I don't think they were from Williamsburg. They, they may have been, but my intuition is that they, they, they may not have been. It was, it was a Friday night. A lot of people tend to bridge and tunnel, yeah, come out to Williamsburg, and they were like, there was a group of five of them to begin with, and then it ended up a good ten, and and they were starting <laughs> to encroach on our personal space. Um, <coughs> not cool. And then you know, as you're talking, like they're they're. They're just milling about and just kind of, kind of just being a little bit annoying just with their presence, um, and, and that's what I kept looking at because uh, they they were waiting for the train in a very distracting manner, 
but but then what really took it was when they kind of all spread out, and and if these people are from Williamsburg and they did this, um, it's even more upsetting. But yep. it actually makes sense. Uh, you know what? I'm going to revise my earlier opinion uh, that they they probably were from Williamsburg because this is like some serious navel gazing shit. Yep, absolutely. Like. They, you know, all ten of them spread out, and one of them stood, like, almost on the tracks. He's almost, like... Yeah, he was definitely... Had a train come, he could have been hit by the train. Right. He was he was well within the safety zone. Yeah. Like, he was not even... It was not like he was edging up to it. He was in that safety zone. Right. Like, you know, his, his the heels of his shoes were very nearly over the edge of the platform. Exactly. And and he's... And he's, he's, he's got his, his iPhone, and he's, he's taking a picture. He's, he's making a memory of the night, because if you don't... If you don't record the beginning of the night, how are your friends going to know what good a time you're having yeah. living in New York? It, you have to make a memory. Right. No, you, have to, you have to let everybody know that you have lots of friends. Uh, you need you Instagram followers. Exactly. Exactly. We just, we just need to make this a memory, you guys. And, and that's what I was reacting to while they were in there. And then they were all you know, kind of looking over, and I'm like, hey, I'm not the one that's weird here. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, you want to take a photo in the subway? The thing that they were, they were dressed too, like just the most stereotypical Williamsburg shit. That was yeah. the thing that like like really like attracted my attention when they walked up to us because I saw them coming down the stairs. Um, and I was just like, I saw them. I was like, Jesus, those people are Williamsburgers. Yeah. Fuck. Lots, lots, lots of tights, lots of pea coats, lots of like like he had, had colorful colorful glasses. Yeah. Colorful what was pants. It? What was it you said, Philip? Oh, this isn't a fucking Barnum and Bailey circus. This is a neighborhood. People live here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I said that in the middle of the street when I was drunk, yelling at the guy because <laughs> he was he was riding a fucking bicycle that had, it was like one of those like circus bikes like you'd imagine like one of the big burly guys with the oh, weights he's like like with the giant front wheel a penny farthing. Yeah, he's like ten feet off the fucking ground, <laughs> and he almost <laughs> runs over me in the street. I'm like, fuck you, and I was incensed. Fucking penny farthing. And, and looking back on that moment, I was like, that wasn't really that ridiculous. I mean, I should have expected to see that sort of thing in Williamsburg, but but at the time... You were new to my, the area? My, no, no, it was just like my inner, my inner like, 50-year-old man who has a front lawn came out of me. Yeah. And was just like, have some, have, consider your neighbors. Yeah. But that's really a stupid thing to say here. Yeah. The, uh, the other person that we saw in the Williamsburg... Oh, yes. Subway is uh, apparently a local character that uh, that has that to has me at pro- least to, to Philip, who who has been nicknamed Art Garfunkel, and let me just give you the rundown of what what I saw as he walked by us. Um, first thing I kind of, I guess the first thing I noticed were were these very large, kind of ridiculous looking glasses that he has on. Mm. Um, they're not they're 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 more they're more like like a Spike Lee type of like Jay Z like big big old glasses like you know. Just big punk and granny glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, facial hair of some sort, like a mustache, maybe. Um, just a, it was a slight stubble. Slight, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a Clint Eastwood style poncho, mm. but it, it, but it also has a lace up like neck, too. Like so, it had like a like a you know like a laced like a shoelace neck, but it's definitely a Clint Eastwood poncho. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I was brown, and then. A moderately sized afro. We're talking maybe a foot, uh, eight inches of clearance off of his skull. Wow! Right, and it's, it's not it's not a it's not a funky afro. It's no. like it's like a seventies guidance counselor afro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I thought, the first thing impression that I had of it was he has a windscreen for a microphone sitting on top of his skull. Wow! Yeah. That was what it looked like to me, and and I thought it was not his real hair, and I was like. Why are that guy that weird ass wig on and that poncho? Like, who was that? Did you see that? And Philip was like, "Yeah, I was like, oh, that's that's our Garfunkel." And, and I was like, "No way, that's not our Garfunkel. He does not look like that anymore." Like, yeah, and and <laughs> and I I had seen this guy before. Once once when I got off uh, at Penn Station, I was waiting on the train, and he walked by me with like his girlfriend or something, and like. I don't know, I was just being a butthole that day. <laughs> his companion, his and, companion. Yeah, he was walking by and I was like, oh, hey, it's our Garfunkel. <laughs> and like, he just kind of glared at me like this, like, come on, man. Like, I'm, I'm doing my thing. thing. Like, yeah. I'm doing my thing, man. Like, but, respect I mean, this shit. But he looked a lot like our Garfunkel. Like, <laughs> and I was like, come on, man. Like, and I, I, I'm from Williamsburg, so I was like, I was like, I, I still had in my mind that we were in Williamsburg despite being at Penn Station and I was like, right. come on, that's so obvious. Cut that shit out. Yeah. Like, but yeah, and then it turns out that you see him at the Bedford Ave station. Yeah, there. I see him. I see. I see him fairly often. It's, it was just weird. <laughs> I, and there, are, there are a class of people in New York City that I, 
I seem to run into all the time. Yeah. That's that's city living, man. Like, yeah. That's 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 a city thing. Like, it's so crowded and there's so many people, but at the same time, you do start to see the same people. Yeah. Especially like in a neighborhood, like here in Williamsburg, yeah. like I run into the same people all the fucking time. Yeah. For sure. Um, any impressions, Patrick? I haven't. I, I got in late last night after being after my flight was delayed. So, would you like to say anything about United Airlines? Uh, United Airlines. Uh, you can eat a dick. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they got me. They we were only delayed two and a half hours. So, <laughs> rather than three and a half hours, which was the original forecast. Right. Uh, how, how about how about the Pittsburgh airport? The Did Pittsburgh airport is. I'm okay. I'm I'm gonna go to town in the Pittsburgh airport. The Pittsburgh airport. It's like. My friend described it as a rural mall, because everything <laughs> closes at 7. Like, I'm like, I'm sitting, you know, like, getting my drink on, as one does, when, you have in, when you're in an airport and you have three hours to kill. Uh, and I'm like, man, there's nobody else in this bar, like, huh. And, you know, I, I guess it's, it's not, like, peak travel day. Pittsburgh airport, it's, it's not, it's hardly bustling. Uh, but I expect there to be, like, one other person in a bar, and then she's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to close you out. And I look at the clock, it says 7.30. And, like, my, my, on the inside, I'm, I'm, I'm thunderstruck. Like, <laughs> you close at 7.30? What on a are Friday? you? day? Like, I, I, I simply don't understand. Uh. Sir, I thought this was a bar! Yeah, I was <laughs> like, this is not, like, I, I just, I just can't handle it. I'm like, oh, and she's like, no, you can go to TGI Fridays. I think they stay open until 8.30. I'm like, I'm not drinking at the fucking TGI Fridays. <laughs> Excuse me, man, did you just tell me to go fuck myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have some standards, not many. <laughs> they include don't drink at Fridays, ever. Yeah, because you don't want extreme fajitas with your beer. Oh, God, no. I think probably the worst, you could go one lower than Fridays. A Chili's 2. A Chili's 2. T-O-O. T-O-O. What's Chili's. a Chili's... I'm familiar with Chili's, but what's a Chili's 2? It's, it's like this... The airport, like, small, like, to-go over Yeah, the oh, Express Chili's. Yeah, it's Chili's it, 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 they don't. They don't take the time and care that a normal Chili's does. <laughs> right. You're not going to experience, experience the fine gourmet cuisine yeah. of the Chili's restaurant chain at a Chili's 2. The chicken crispers are not the same at a Chili's 2. Ugh. They, they, may, they may reuse the fry oil. Yeah. For example. They're an app. It's reclaimed oil. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but there was another bar, right? Yes. Like, I did find another bar, and they were very nice, and it t- and the plane took off a little earlier than I thought they were going to, but, uh, you know, I'm a li- I was a little grumpy about that, but now I get to be in the company of you lovely gentlemen, so. Yay. Uh, we had awesome Eggs Benedict. Yes. For breakfast and Bloody Mary's. And uh, what was it? Was it was it was some sort of like it was apple cider it was with, with bourbon. bourbon and like cinnamon. Yeah, like mulling spice. Mulling spice. Oh, with mulling spices. Yeah, okay. the, like it's got like cinnamon in it. I'm yeah. reasonably sure. I, yeah, there was definitely cinnamon in there. Yeah, it was very very good. Yeah, we we done mostly drinking. As as, as friend of the show, Illy Butterfield <laughs> remarked. He, he 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 he. I believe he said something like. I had just landed in New York, and uh, he, t- he texted me, and I was like, oh, I just landed. He's like, you drunk yet? And I said, no. And he's like, oh, I just assumed that whenever you, Patrick, and Philip were in town together, your bodies would automatically start producing alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> and we would drink it from each yes. other's bodies. No, no, not at all. <laughs> that's that's weirder than the 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 the, the bacon like doll conversation we were having. At it's probably point. it's probably better that you guys didn't wake up last night. Then. <laughs> uh, have you ever like have you ever drunk a lot of like peaty whiskey, like your your Laphroaig and whatnot? Oh yeah. Uh, and then you've woken up and the peat got into your sweat. Oh, I hate that. And you've sweated, because you get you get the liquor sweats, you know? Yep. And you've sweated all of the peat sweat out through the, into in the night. Sheets. Into your sheets, so your sheets smell like a bog. Yep. I, d- I did that in my parents' house during Christmas. Dude, it's so wet. <laughs> and I was like, why are my sheets so wet? And then I was like, I smelled them, and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> I smell like a swamp. Yeah, I was like, this, that reminds me, for some reason, of this video I watched in health class about, like, nocturnal emissions. Uh. And, and so, the, 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 the kid in this video had one, and then was so embarrassed by it that he, like, 
took a bunch of like ketchup and mustard and like squirted it in his bed and stuff like that. And then his mom walks in and is not like, what the fuck? But she's like, have you been eating in bed again? <laughs> and it was just like, like, what kind of, like... That sounds like some Tim and Eric shit. Like, <laughs> I, I told you to quit mixing the ketchup and mustard with your seed. <laughs> yeah, like, somehow, this, like... And there was, like, a bunch of other shit, too. It was like, he, like, preparing some sort of, like, burger, like, in his bed. And she's like, Junior, have you been eating in bed again? <laughs> and, like, waggling her finger at him. And, like... I guess the idea is, like, don't be ashamed of, of, of this. It's a natural process. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it was just, like, I mean, very... I just It just stuck with me because it was so strange. Like, who would do that as a... Uh, what? Yeah, why would you... Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to speak for everybody in the room, but I never... I, I, I was in a very Christian household, so I wouldn't have brought this up. We never talked about it. I wouldn't would be like, hey, Mom, Dad, <laughs> totally just came in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I come everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's how... Yeah, it's like... It's like, today we have the morning inspection of the sheets. Oh, God, they're going to find out. It's like... <laughs> Right. It's like a drill sergeant. Yeah. Like, it looks like he immaculately conceived in the sheet. Oh! Boo. The live studio audience, boo. Boo. But the applause sign is still going off, and I'm like waving my hands, like, no, no booing. The producer is like freaking out. We got our, like, Nastasia with, like, parade-wearing parade producer. I remember on Conan when they would always show, like, the late night with Conan O'Brien before he moved over to uh, to the, 10, the, the 1130 slot. Mm-hmm. Um, was, like, they would always show, like, reaction shots of the producer, like, pretty frequently, and it was always just him going, like, oh, my God, not again. This is... This is fucking terrible. We're gonna get canceled. Like, <laughs> then they... Like, when, like when he... <laughs> <laughs> like the, as soon as the camera cuts away, Flask comes out and just starts drinking. Like, <laughs> fuck this shit. I think his name was Jeff. I think the producer was Jeff on Conan. I used to watch that show like on my like shitty bedroom TV that was like that. W- it was the TV that was our living room TV until we got a better one, and it was so it was like literally older than I was. Uh-huh. Like uh, when I was a teenager, and like had it hooked up to this like really shitty VCR too like one of those VCRs that's so old that like to do anything with the menus it just like puts a blue screen up with like the white text wow yeah and like again VCR about as old as I was like my parents like first VCR or whatever and that was what was in my room for a second I thought this was leading back to nocturnal emissions no 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 no, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> did you ever have one of those TVs that was a combination TV and VCR? I never did, but they I were, They're a terrible idea, because the things about VCRs is that they break. Right, right. Like, they're on, like you know, especially you got younger kids in the house, they're like, ah, you jam in the TV. Sandwich. Yeah, sandwich. Uh, <laughs> I will put peanut butter in this. My, my brother my brother put a, sandwich, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the VCR. My brother's a year younger than I <laughs> And, and I remember I was so offended because I'm, I'm fucking 25 years old now. Like, but when I was like 22, uh, an old family friend who hadn't seen this in a long time was like, oh, hey, Philip, remember the time you put the sandwich in the VCR? I was like, no, no, that was Nick. He put the sandwich in the VCR. Don't you put that on me. Wanted to watch some peanut butter and jelly, I guess. Yeah, the peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter show. jelly time. <laughs> old man. Whatever, man. I'm sticking with it. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Fuck you. That's my. Uh, that's my preferred. Meal. I want my lawyer. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> uh, so, well, what's on the list? Here? What's on the list to talk about? Uh, well, we have to give a shout out to friend of the show, uh, Emily. Uh, one Emily C, who is perhaps the only postmodem uh, listener who uh, delivers mail while uh, listening to our podcast on her Zoom. With an external speaker. With an external <laughs> speaker. Shout out to the U.S. Postal Service. So if you're ever listening to this, when your truck has gone off the road... And you're... you're and she did. Yeah. Feel, feel safe listening to our dulcet tones. 
Yeah, the mellifluous in... the mellifluous utterings. Yeah. <laughs> she ended up in, the, in a ditch two days in the row. The same ditch. <laughs> like, it, like I think it was like ten yards down the road, and, she, like, and, and both times she had to wait like three hours. And, and I wonder, I'm reading like these updates on Twitter. I'm like, getting concerned. I'm like, if, if she's out there for like a while, because like Northeast Ohio in the winter, it's a terrible place. It's freaking awful. Yeah, that's like the time I locked my keys in the car. I locked my car keys in my car twice in the same week. Oh. In the exact same way. Like, I had, like, been using this, like, like one of those, like, radio docks, like, that you put your iPod into and then it broadcasts, like, an FM station yeah, yeah, to yeah. it. And, like, I had, like, just, there was just too much shit that I had and, like, I couldn't, like, do everything I needed to do and keep my hands free and hold on to my keys. So, like, I would, I put my keys on the seat of the car. And then I closed the right. door. And then, fuck. So I call a locksmith. They come, you know, they do... It's actually pretty incredible. They, like, take this basically a whoopee cushion, thread it underneath the the glass, between the glass and the rubber, inflate the whoopee cushion. Yeah. That creates enough space for them to put a hanger down into the, like, into the locking mechanism of the right, door, pull it, pull it up, and then unlock your car door. Thanks for teaching our listeners how to steal cars. <laughs> Yeah, Don't say abs- we never touch anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're absolutely welcome. And uh, that happened in tri- twice, twice in one week. That's that's a bummer. It right? was it was awful. I think I did not use that radio dock after that. I was yeah, like, fuck. This. It's like associated with just terrible memories. <laughs> it's just like, no, this just isn't working for me. This is just we're gonna have to figure something else out. You know, <laughs> the, now with the with the new cars that are being made, that uh, you know these completely keyless cars, yeah. uh, just uh, they've got RFID. Uh, tags in the uh, just indicate in, in and so you just have to get into the car and you hit the start button. Like you know, maybe future generations won't have to worry about locking their. Uh, yeah, it'll automatically lock when the RFID tag isn't around. Yeah. But the thing is, if you lo- if you drop your key in your car and then you can't find it, what do you do? Like your <laughs> you car, can't leave. your car will not lock itself. Yeah, your car will not lock itself, and it will be immediately drivable forever. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're just fucked at that. Yeah. Like, you're just... That's that's it? It wasn't like, meant to be. You just gotta drive off. <laughs> yeah, you just gotta, like... <laughs> you have to wander the earth driving. <laughs> this is like the premise for a movie. Like, yeah, like... Like, the wandering driver. Yes. Like, you have to become the, Kung Fu. <laughs> Ghost driver. The ghost driver. Dude, did you see that movie? Ghost driver with Nick Cage. It was just... I watched it on a plane. <laughs> And, like, plane movies are generally, like, bad, you know, just because... Yes. I would say, also, the, 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 like, seeing a movie on a plane almost doesn't count as having seen the movie. It just makes Because they often cut out scenes. They cut out scenes, the experience is just miserable of, like, watching a movie on a plane. Like, it's just... It's and just air, air, Airplane cuts can be downright silly, as seen that, like, there's... A, the Shaun of the Dead DVD has a, a scene in the movie... That they cut speci- that they made they dubbed specifically for planes where they they say fuck a bunch of times but they replaced the word fuck with funk and they they put this in the special feature of the DVD and they're just That's like awesome. you know I've been here for four funking hours and like it it's it's <laughs> hilarious now 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 I'm of course thinking of the very famous uh, dub of the Big Lebowski right which had you know. This is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. Yeah, dude. <laughs> As John Goodman is beating the shit out of that Corvette, like yeah. that side, and like, like, there's all sorts of crazy, awesome stuff like that. Like, did you know, for Snakes on a Plane, Samuel L. Jackson, re- he went into the booth to yeah. record his own overdubs for the airplane version of that, and the line for the you know, I'm tired of these these, these fucking snakes in the motherfucking plane is. I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. <laughs> you know that, that's why Sam Jackson is, is a master of his craft. Yeah. He, cared, he, he cared enough. He cared to do his. He, own he was on the cover of the New York Times Sunday Magazine a while back. Was he? For good reason. Yeah. I saw a dub, a TV dub of uh, Office Space that I remember specifically because there's one scene where they replaced motherfuckers. With the phrase hobgoblins, <laughs> <laughs> and so for for a couple of weeks after around, you know, I, I'd step my door and I'd be like hobgoblins. Mark Hamill is the hobgoblin. 
fucking awesome, right? In yes. the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah, dude. He's, he's, he ended up being just this incredible voice actor. Yeah, man. Like, his Joker is the definitive Joker. I, and I, that's why the Batman Arkham City and Arkham Asylum games are so dope. Because Mark Hamill is, like, the funniest Joker. Yeah, and he said that that was going to be the last time he was going to do the Joker. For those that's games. so sad. But, I mean, I think that was after the first game he said that. And then, lo and behold, he's back. Uh, yeah, in Arkham like, City. Yo, guys. I gotta, yeah, I gotta wait, do Star wait. Wars now. <laughs> I got... I got bigger fish. I got called back up to the majors. <laughs> yeah, I, got, I got the call, coach. Toy Boy needs. Me. I got the call. Um, we were going to talk about the, uh, the 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 Biggie versus Tupac feud. I think. Yeah, we got to fulfill the, this week's rap quota. I mean, we yeah. almost missed it. We almost missed it. Uh, which which almost yeah. caused Emily to crash. Apparently. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, freaked out. That, and that that would be terrible. But you know, it feels appropriate because we're in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, but you know, on the one hand, we are all in agreement about this. That Biggie is just worlds better than Tupac. Yeah, it's like it's it's. There's no discussion to be had. Yeah, I feel like we, we are losing listeners by the second. Then, then, then you can go. You, you can, can go. go. If you disagree, go. <laughs> See, I don't want you. I'm just imagining people just like turning the podcast off at this point. Like, fuck this. Like, end. Like, all right, good. Unsubscribe. Bye. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. <laughs> Ready to die. It's mm-hmm. just like it's such an amazing album. The story that it tells is just—it's—it's right. it's a very complex story. Mm-hmm. It is not the story of just like you know, like you know, some sort of triumph. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, you know, it's a man. He gets up at the beginning of the album, like it sort of tells the, the story of his life so far. You know, with all the little samples of like him being born and all that stuff. Yeah, like, getting out of the jail with the chronic playing, like like all that stuff, like, um, and then you know he's like, I got big plans, big plans, and then he like, it tells this story of this man like, sort of achieving his dreams, but like still having something inside him that's missing. Yeah, and, and, like, and the emptiness, and then it kills him at the end. Yeah, I mean the final track is him committing suicide. Yeah, I mean, in like one of the most like emotionally affecting like tracks. It's like hard to listen to. Yeah. And and the genesis of how that came to be too is just fascinating. You want to? You want to I think we talked about that already. We, actually. we already did on the yeah, show. Yeah, we definitely talked about uh, the genesis of Ready to Die. Yeah, we definitely talked about that. Genesis the whole of Ready to Die. The uh, you know the quit you know, recording sort of the first batch of tracks, leaving, going back to doing yeah. drugs. Yeah. Then leaving on the same day that they raided the drug house and yeah. then recording yeah, it like it all the video like hits. The third episode. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely like that yeah. was an earlier episode. But, but like, on the, but like, Tupac never put out a record like that. He, ne- yeah. he, ne- he never put out a record that told a story. No. Uh, and to and like you, you listen. Uh, Tupac sort of appropriated like the image that Biggie really always had. Like, like Tupac started out as a political rapper. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his mother was in the Black Panthers, you know, yeah. like... He yeah. definitely was conscious rap. At the he was conscious rap, and then, like, he got oh, with Death Row Records and just went, you know, instantly gangster. And, like, you know, I don't have a problem with someone, you know, assuming a persona. Right. Uh, no. I mean, but it, when you put hard. him against Biggie, who was in- extremely authentic... And, and, and not just authentic. It's not just that he's authentic, and that's why, like, authentic for authenticity's sake. Like, from the fact that Biggie really lived these experiences, and like, especially like Ready to Die, and even some of the stuff off Life After Death too. Like, you can tell that he's speaking from, directly from his real experiences, and it's really fucking raw. Yeah. And like, he really puts his whole heart out there, for, and it's very, it's very affecting because of that. And. I like a number of Tupac tracks yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah. Tupac but, isn't a bad rapper. He not just, at all. He just doesn't compare. Yeah, I, I yeah, I just, I, he's not. I don't think he's not. He's not even in the same league. No, no, no. I wouldn't put him in like my top thirty. Top yeah, 30. this is not like this is not like Batman versus Superman. No, no, no. Like yeah. this is Batman versus Aquaman. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh wow. Like he's in the Super Friends, but he's like yeah. a, a demi Super Friend. I, I feel. I just feel. I feel bad when thinking about Aquaman, just because of like <laughs> all of the things that they did to him, like throughout the continuity of the comics, like he had he got seriously dumped upon by the the DC people, like. 
Like, they killed his, like, wife and stuff like this. Yeah, they, didn't, like, they tried like, to make him super... Did they do a gritty reboot of Aquaman? They've done several gritty reboots of Aquaman. Yeah, like, I would see Christopher Nolan's Aquaman. Dude, I would watch oh the fuck out of God, that. Oh my God, Christopher <laughs> Like, fucking throwing, like, piranhas at people and, like, blood flying everywhere. Dude, that'd be amazing. It'd be like the Joker scene. <laughs> hey, here we go. Here's the title of the first movie. High Tide. <laughs> Amazing! <laughs> like, underwater mining operation. Like, you'd have to contrive all these yeah. elaborate situations. There'd be, like, a submarine, could... like, that he would break, like, he would, it would be, like, the Bane opening sequence where Bane uh, breaks into the airplane, but it would be a submarine. Yeah. And, and, like, and then they would his, all drown his costume, it would still be the Aquaman costume, but it would be, like, really dark pastels. Yeah. It would be a dark pastel orange. It would have that dumbass belt. Yeah, yeah, the belt. The belt was really like a hindrance. Like <laughs> the seafoam. Yeah. It looked like a goober already. Yeah. Like, like the, the, the first two movies would all take place underwater, but in the third one, they would introduce a villain who's like, "I'm on dry land. I'm coming <laughs> on dry land. What will you do now? What will you do now? You know, you know, actually, like, this is this is a thing in three movies. Atlantis will be destroyed. Like, you, you actually do a pretty decent <laughs> thing. Thank, Thank you. Um, but like. Have you noticed, like, at least there are, there are two places where I've noticed this. In, in, like, these three movie superhero story arcs, you've got, you've got of course, like, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, uh, Dark Knight Rises. And, the, and in the third one, you've got this villain who completely, like, flips the script on him. Right. Um, and, well, yeah, because you want, the, at that point, you don't want to repeat yourself. Right, right, right. And, 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 and if, you, if you've seen, the, like, the trailer for, like, Iron Man 3, they're doing the same thing. Like, they introduce the Mandarin, the Mandarin's, like... It's it's not oh here's another film he's like I'm going to destroy your entire be- your entire base like you're going to be a beaten man now like they're kind of using the same structure right like they're kind of biting on the Dark Knight Rises a bit like I I feel like though that's a, it's a it's a, it's kind of a heightening thing right like yeah I mean like the first movie it raises stakes right the first movie like you want to introduce people to the character it's like the first Star Wars right like at the end of the first Star Wars the Empire isn't beaten no. you destroy the Death Star yeah but Darth Vader gets away like they're not you know like Grand Moff Tarkin and all that, those people are all dead. But, like, you know, it's clear from the text of the movie that there is a wider Imperial army yeah. beyond just this one station. Like, it's very formidable, and it's a setback for them, but they have not struck a serious blow in terms of, like, like disturbing the, the Empire, Imperial army's ability to operate. Right. right. It was a symbolic victory. Right. It was an important victory, and they were literally fighting for their lives. But, like, there's still, like, a struggle ahead of them. Yeah. Right? And it's the same thing with, like, these other movies. Like, there's, you know, and because you don't want to, like, if, if you'd beaten the Empire, the whole Empire at the beginning of the movie, like, well, it wouldn't really... Right. You can't... It, the, 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 it wouldn't seem like the Empire was even that powerful because it would be like, well, he just... One dude just took him out. Like, all right, whatever. Like, who cares, right? Mm-hmm. Like, by having them... So it's the same thing. Like, you got to, like leave headroom for you to, like, raise the stakes later. Yeah, I mean, but, like, and the first, you know, the first, uh, and, and I think the Batman things are, the Batman movies are a pretty good example of this. Like, the first one, you know, you fight Scarecrow, uh, and he fights Ra's al Ghul, you know, and, like, it's, <coughs> and he has, you know, he, he fights crime, right? right? And then, and that establishes him, and then he has to deal with two villains, the Joker and Bane, respectively, who don't just want to like, they don't want to necessarily, uh, you know, like, steal a zillion dollars or whatever, though they, though they do. Right. I, I think that the first scene in The Dark Knight Rises, in The Dark Knight, is, uh, it's, it's one of my favorite scenes. Just, what, what, what the, is that the scene where the Joker robs the bank? Yeah, yeah, I think that's just a really, really yeah. scene. But they want to destroy him as a symbol. Right. And not just as a person. And I think we, I think we, we identify that, uh, we identify with that a lot because it's, mo- it's more than defeat. It's worse than defeat to right. be. Uh, it's not. It's not just defeated. You're you're, you're forgotten and or tarnished, right? Like yeah, misremembered. Yeah. Like yeah. And and that's actually that's a good point. That's actually one of my criticisms of the Dark Knight Rises. Is I feel like they really recycled that theme for the Dark Knight. Oh Light. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I went, Like they, they kept you know Batman's a symbol. Like okay, we already did that story. Like the whole like you know what does that mean? Like how does Bruce, you know how does Bruce Wayne versus Batman versus what the public perception of Batman is? How's it all fitting together? Like. That was the Dark Knight. Like we didn't need. Did we, 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 did we really need to revisit that in the Dark Knight Rises again? Like, yeah, yeah. it was. It was. It was a little weak. You know, another 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 superhero trilogy that also had the same sort of hype. Superman. No, I was gonna say Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. Spider Man Three, even the, a flawed, 
flawed movie, definitely. Yes. But like, I didn't enjoy the Spider-Man movies. I just I love Spider-Man. So too. first one you had Green Goblin. Green Goblin, right? And 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 and, so, and that and the second one you had Doctor Octopus. Doctor Octopus, who was and, and and that was more of like Green Goblin was 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 someone that was dangerous, but did not necessarily pose a threat to all an immediate threat to everybody in the city. Right. Like, whereas Doc Ock was like, I'm literally going to wipe New York off the face of the earth, like, with this, like, crazy fusion thing, like. Yeah, I, and then, and then Venom is, is... I do like Venom. Yeah, Venom, Venom is... The Venom stuff is just, like, that's a, the perfect example of this, like, flipping that script to, like, because he's right. got the powers of, the, of Peter Parker, like, basically, right? Like... In, in all three cases, like, the, the, the funny thing is, it, it's, the villain structure all, always seems the same. Like, you have the conventional villain who's, who's, like, yeah, they'll eventually beat them. Like it's you're yeah. you're not like oh what's going to happen. Like, and, and then in the second one, it's a person who's a match for them. And right. then in the third one, it's it's somebody who can either easily beat it's somebody who can easily beat them enough that they have to like change the way they operate and grow to beat the villain. Right. Exactly. And uh, it's hard to grow a superhero. Is right. the thing like you take Superman? Like you can't grow Superman because he is the superlative. Like right, <laughs> and so like my favorite story, uh, like I, there's a spider, there's a Superman arc I seem to remember where like he where he's dying, he gets. Uh, Is this the like the life and death of Superman? I believe stuff? so. Yeah, yeah where yeah, he gets like stuff. cancer yeah, or leukemia. Or oh something. no, this is a different one. The one I mean, one where he just flat out just dies. No, 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 and then he's like dead, and there's like like five or six different Supermans that come back up. And then they have to like all Super, fight su- Supermans. Yeah, yeah. Call yeah. back to another episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like that was interesting because you because like you they you managed to grow the character by forcing him to confront the one thing that he never ever ever has to confront ever, death. which is death. Yeah, but it's hard to grow superheroes so yeah. like they're because they're they're uh, archetypes really rather than characters. And you know you have to put them roles. in the box and keep them in the closet in a cool dry place for like three or four months, like, it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah, 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 they like, don't grow well in soil. You know. Know. Yeah, it's like, they're like an orchid. Like, no, they're, they're just not. like, yeah. it's just You ever try and grow a hydroponic superhero? It's not, yeah, it's not easy. Let me tell you. <laughs> Patrick just did the finger guns. Finger guns not gift. Um, <laughs> Refer to earlier episode. <laughs> uh, do we got another topic? Yeah, we got another topic. Uh, all around the topic of movies, do we want to talk about The Hobbit? I thought it was dope. Yeah, I thought it was dope too. I really enjoyed it. Well. I, I actually didn't enjoy the 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 trilogy I, very much. Right. Like, I, Same. I fell asleep. I'm a big fan. I fell asleep. I liked the books. Like I fell asleep during during Fellowship. I liked Two Towers, but I, and I never. I, I, actually, I, I'm full of shit. I didn't like. The, I didn't enjoy the first, I never. I never even watched Return of the King. Like it just didn't. Um, right. So so I, I watched Return of the King actually over the holidays. It was on, it was on TV. Mm. Um, and so my beef with the, the movies is that I am a very big fan of Lord of the Rings books. Like, I have read The Hobbit a large number of times. I, uh, I first read Fellowship of the Ring when I was maybe in, like, third or fourth grade or something like that. Like, I was, like, probably, like, in first or second grade when I read The Hobbit. Like, I have... Those books are a big deal to me, and I feel like the Peter Jackson movies, like... It was this Christopher Tolkien interview where he was very upset about the movies. And I feel like he actually really nailed it. Like, the movies are action movies for 15 to 25-year-olds. And that is not at all what the books are. They're like this rich, interactive, historical, real world that you can be in. Like, you know, every place has just all of this history. Like, all of that stuff is super important to the feel of the books. And, like why they're so engrossing and none of that shit is in the movies at all like it's just battle after battle after battle mm. just like action sequence action especially return of the king return of the king is like one big long battle even the flashbacks that are trying to tell you the historical stuff are just battles like it's just like come on man like what the fuck peter jackson fuck you yeah and i feel like in the hobbit that was all there yeah, like, there yeah. was so much great less that- battling Less battle, and then like, and there people have criticized it for for including another a lot of information from another story 
uh, that sort of tells the parallel story of the Hobbit, but gives a lot more. In the book, Gandalf, you don't really see what Gandalf is up to right. at all. Like he just sort of vanishes and then comes back. It's really focused. He's on... really Deus Ex Machina, right? For, like a lot of the Hobbit, it's right? Like, and... Oh, we're all fucked. I know Gandalf. Yeah, ah. and, he just, and and they focus a lot more on what he's up to and that sort of stuff. I think that makes it work a little bit better, especially given that this is the you know coming after. The, the, the first three movies so we already know who Gandalf is right. we already have a relationship with and, him as viewers and if you got Ian McKellen you gotta you got use him yeah, yeah he's exactly. so good he's and so good he's great and and um, I do think that it, it makes it does have you kind of thematic overload especially some of the stuff with the one ring too kind of contributes to this right. too like they just like really all these like really dramatic shots like close ups of the one ring when they you know they find it and all that stuff and like that's cool and all, but like... And it's barely even mentioned in the, the book. In the book, But I love how it's mentioned in the book where there's just like the one line that like the ring would lead... I can't, uh, I, I'm not even going to like try and para- paraphrase it because I would do uh, Tolkien's prose injustice, but like, just the one line that talks about the pain and anguish that the ring would visit on others yeah. later. Anybody who... But in The Hobbit, it's just like, oh, neat, a ring that can turn me invisible, but then in the... In, in, yeah, in the movie, it's the like... The movie's like, I'm on heroin and I'm invisible! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's 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 a little bit thematically inconsistent, but I really felt like he also did a lot better of a job of, of retaining the beats that yeah. were in the original novel. Like, like... The the, 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 the the I actually remember like some of the chapter titles from the book and I was like saying them to myself like as as I was watching the film like chapter six out of the frying pan into the fire like which is the scene where they're like which we're at the end of the Hobbit the first Hobbit movie where they're like leaving the misty mountains and they're like fighting with the the go- goblins on that ledge and like climbing up into the trees and, yeah. like, and the eagles save them like right at the end of that yes. like you know. Um, and I felt like that was a really good place to end, because mm-hmm. end, end, that sort of ends the first act of the Hobbit book. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, they, they've they, you, you sort of like because Bilbo really does proof himself, like mm-hmm. just like in the and Thorin gives him the big hug. Yeah, like, and like you I'll know, talk about like, below, like, sniff. Yeah, and <laughs> like that's that's a really good spot because you can sort of focus on that. Okay, Bilbo is now integrated into that group, mm-hmm. and you know he really is someone who is like. Um, part of that now, and you feel that, and then that sets up the later stuff with him, you know, and then they're like, they get pissed at him later on, and like all that stuff, and like, yeah. like so I think, but you need to establish that, like, they do include him, so, and, because you don't want to have him, like, be in, on the in, and then on the outs, and like all that stuff in a single movie, that's just too much It would be changing. too much, it would be way too much to fit into a single movie, yeah, so right. props to him for putting yeah. it, and it, and was able to take it at a good pace. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's why I bother people being like, "Oh, it's money grab." Like, and I, you know what? I'm I'm happy to blame fucking you know assholes in Hollywood for, for grabbing money. But in this case, I'm like, the ri- the richest of the universe is what makes a, a lot of what makes the Hobbit so special. Yeah, and and that that's why I di- I didn't like the Lord of the Rings flicks. Like, and yeah. if you can get that in in several movies. Fine, fucking yeah. fine. I'll watch them. Yeah, and like how just as 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 a nerd, I thought it was so fucking cool to see Radagast. Yes. As, like, this deadhead dude with, like, moss in his yeah, fucking Yeah, dude, he hair. was awesome. And, like, I was like, that's fucking perfect. That's awesome. Like, like, like it's, like, squirrely guy with, yeah. like, rabbits and shit. Like, that was, I was like, like... Because we all know one dude like that. Yeah! One dude who, like, <laughs> goes out and, like, takes mushrooms in the desert. Like, <laughs> a guy who lives Burning Man his entire life, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and, like, like, it was just really fun to watch. And, like, it did a good job with it, like... It was all this backstory, it was this flashback, but it wasn't boring. Like, it was exciting. And it wasn't... But it also wasn't really an action sequence, either. Mm. Like, it was... I mean, he escaped on his uh, rabbit-powered sled. But it wasn't just a fucking battle. Well, yeah, no, pan- no. These panning shots of people fighting with swords, and like, you know, like, look, we at Weta Digilove figured out how to do, like, large battle sequences. Let's put all of them in the movie. Like, wank, 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 wank. Right, right. right. Like, this that's is, what I felt like. This per- is not a movie that will have, like, behind-the-scenes documentaries about a battle that lasts as long as the fucking movie. Right. Although, I will say, I feel like the the high frame rate... I don't know if you guys... I didn't, I didn't see it in, in the high frame rate. I saw it in the high frame rate in 3D. Um, I saw it in, I saw, and I saw it in real D. Not in the... Uh, uh, so that's the one with the, the disposable glasses. Yeah, yeah. Not that are polarized. Not yeah. the, like... Not the, like, the big Sony 3D right. glasses, yeah. which are... I feel like the Sony 3D ones are a little bit better for me. Mm. Like, the real D, I feel like I have to hold my head very still. Yeah. Like, because if, if I turn, like, nod my head to the left or the right, 
like the the 3D effect like doesn't quite work exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and so it's like I feel like it's it's much more disorienting and uh, so I didn't like that aspect was not great and also like. The high frame rate is great for battle sequences. It really is. For any, any, any action sequence, I feel like it's a huge upgrade. Actually, because, um, oh, I was just going to say, it's like it, you, can, you feel much more connected, much more engaged. You, you, you're, it's less like... You get less of like the, the, the hand cam, like shaky, like stuff just happening. You have no idea what's going on sort of effect. Like, you feel much more like you're able to follow the action of the scene with the high frame rate. However, during a like talking sequence, it's very distracting and really disorienting. So I, I read an article by this guy. He he, he talks. He talked to um, one. Of the, I guess he's he works at Pixar, but he also he was one of the co-creators of Photoshop. I forget his name. Huh. But like he he had him explain the effect, um, and he, he was like, "Why why does that why does this feel weird to people?" Yeah. And the guy said, "You know, well, you know, there's a reason." And he's like, did you noticed it more? And you said the battle sequences. And he's like, did you 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 notice it more when people are inside? When people yep. are inside, it bothers you. And when yep. people are outside, it's fine. And that's because um, it's because of lighting. In, in, in um. because like when people are inside, they put makeup all over them to compensate for how how strange they look on film. Right, because of the lighting. But then when they're outside, there's there's not really a lot of makeup. It's just natural lighting. Yeah, it doesn't look so weird. It's because of the artificial light and the makeup that it looks weird inside. So he said he said basically it's it's like it, they're you know you're compensating for the drawbacks of film. And if they no longer do that, like if they didn't have if they didn't have to compensate for that in the normal like quote unquote normal cut, yeah. then then the whole movie might not have looked so strange at at the high frame rate. It's, it's interesting. I, I wouldn't have expected that because really, what felt like to me was it wasn't even. It was really, just it felt like I was watching, like a video. Like you know how when you, you like play a video and you're fast forwarding it, but not fast enough that it has to drop frames. Yeah. To to play back the video quickly, it can just up up mm-hmm. the frame rate. So it, yeah, and then it'll cap that out at about sixty. Yeah. Right. And it felt like that was happening. So it was like. I just felt like everything was moving like like really like quickly or smoothly and that more so than it really needed it's to. It's the Twilight Zone effect that I yeah, thought. because I mean, episodes of Twilight the Twilight Zone were were uh, filmed at you know the standard speed the the, the double speed or what sixty I guess. Yeah. Um, twi- so standard speed for TV is thirty frames. Thirty. Yeah, they they was filmed and everyone's like this looks really amateurish because it, the people weren't so people weren't uh, used to it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, I'll do some research and find out like exactly like when they switched. I think they switched back because there was like an outcry. But the initial assumption was people are going to want more frames per second. Right. Can Can we come back to a guy real quick? Uh, the, yeah. the, the, the real The real D glasses. Yeah. Um. I can't use. I can't see like three D movies like are awesome, but they just give me a terrible headache. I. So. I, I. I. The. We We talked about this before, but those glasses don't fit on my fucking head. Well, we're talking about things not fitting on your head. And one, t- one time I went to the movies and they were like, we're out of the adult glasses. Here are the child glasses. And I'm sitting there and like, they're doing the thing where like, the glasses are like, uh, they're like bending. a W. Yeah. Because uh, they're just bending out and I'm sitting there and I'm just holding them on like, this is bullshit. Dude, that's <laughs> terrible. But yeah, like I always have to adjust them and like, uh, it's terrible. I, I hate I, I hate doing it. It yeah. takes me out of the movie every time they fall down to the bridge of my nose. Yeah, I just... I, I really think that the 3D is, like, not... It's not there yet. Yeah. Like, there, there have been a few times where I found it enjoyable, like Avatar I liked. Yeah, yeah Avatar was I, good. Avatar is bad to watch on a regular... On a 2D, because it's not the greatest yeah. movie, but in... Uh, I don't think it's a terrible movie. Everybody, like, took a shit on it, but, like, I I had a good time at Avatar. Yeah. But in 3D, it was damn impressive. Right, it was impressive. I didn't like the movie. Like, I, actually, I fell asleep halfway through Avatar, but... Is that, that, is that a common thing for you, dude? Could you fall, commonly fall asleep? I can't fall asleep. No, no, but you... <laughs> I don't, I don't, but the, the I do always fall asleep in movies if I go after I travel, and that's what... I think this is what you're referring to, because, like, that... When I saw Avatar, I had driven... A good 250 miles that day. Well, you said you fell asleep during the Lord of the Rings, too. Well, no, that, no, I felt that was legitimate. I just fell asleep because that movie was fucking boring. Um, and then I, we, we, we went and saw Moonrise, Moonrise Kingdom, and I was just in and out of consciousness all the time. I had flown from New York to San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but no, Lord of the Rings, I think, is the only movie in a the theater that I fell asleep to due to boredom. 
the the only movie in a theater that I have left out of disgust was the uh, the 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 two thousands um, day, uh, day of the Dead, like the first one of those. But the Land, really, Land of the Dead, the Zach's the one that Zach Snyder. I believe the one with the really fast zombies. That's Dawn of the Dead. No, Zach Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. I I fucking walked out of the movie in disgust after wow. like twenty minutes. Really? I was like, this is fucking bullshit. This I like that terrible. movie. I, I enjoyed it. I hated it. I, I mean, so so to be fair to the movie, I also arrived a little bit late mm. as well. So I stayed for maybe like 15 minutes of the movie and was like, this fucking sucks. Mm. Like, this is bullshit. Right. And I just left. And then went, I went to another, <laughs> I into another theater and saw something else. I don't know like, I mean, what. Am I kind of offended at the notion of fast zombies? A little bit. Well, there's but, 28 Days Later, which is a brilliant that's, film. Well, that's Danny... Uh, and, that's, Danny Boyle. That's Danny Boyle. And I, was like, and I, I give him a pass because they're never like they're zombies. I don't think they ever use the Z word. The uh, Z word. Yeah, that's they, the, they're people with like fast acting rabies. Right, right. It's like a like yeah. a mad cow sort of situation. But it is yeah. called you know like Land of the Dead or whatever, whatever. The title yeah, Dawn of the like. Dead. I can't, I can't really freak because they're remaking the like a what are the zombie flip. Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't think that's fair. Like if it was just like. You know, it was just called like you know some sort of like movie, and it was like, well, it's not really connected to zombie movies in any yeah, way. No. They just they're just zombie-ish, but it's like directly connected right. to the original and, zombie and, and, movie. And that's what I said. Like I said, I was offended by their fast zombies. Yeah. Twenty-eight days later, I give a pass. I mean, oh, twenty. Okay, twenty-eight days later. Because yeah. they never said zombies. I don't. Yeah. Think. No, no, no. Twenty-eight days later is not. I thought that was great. Yeah, yeah it's. I really mean, great. I love Danny Boyle yeah. so much. Did you see Twenty-eight weeks later? Yeah, I did. I went on a really unsuccessful date. Uh, <laughs> a really bad date. Why? What? Why? I don't know. It seems like why all of it? Why? And I took a girl to see. Uh, I took a girl to see one of the Saw movies once, but she <laughs> actually enjoyed it more than I did. And Saw, 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 Saw is like a. I have no. The, those the, movies are everything that's wrong. with The, the first, the first movies. one I, I enjoyed, but then like, then they were. I was just like, now nah, you're just laying it on. Like, there's yeah. no point anymore. I still, I, I'm, I maintain that the Saw movies are literally everything that's wrong with modern horror films. Yes, absolutely. Like, they represent exactly the problem. They started the trend of all that started like all the terrible horror films. Yep. Like, it's it just fuck that shit. Like like I saw Candyman mm-hmm. recently, which is what Candyman was one of the movies that came out after Science of the Lands won the Oscar. Yeah. And so it's like this very psychological horror movie. And it's like it's a lot it reminded me a lot of, of Vertigo. In that Vertigo is the first two hours or so of the movie are paced like a two hour movie. And, like, they're the normal, like, three-act beats right where you would expect them to be if the movie was going to end when she, like... Uh, spoiler alert for Vertigo. Uh, when when, when um, she dies, like, the first time. Mm. Like, I mean, you guys have seen Vertigo. Oh, right? I haven't seen it since, like, fifth grade. But, but you, you... Yeah. Okay. So, when she dies at the beginning, like, uh, the first time, you, uh... You're, you're like, oh, that's it. That's the end of the movie. Like, and then there's 45 more minutes of the movie where he finds her again, and then she's, like, actually not, like really dead and like there was the whole fake thing she wasn't really even real like like and, and it just gets you because you're so programmed by films because they all have essentially the same structure like to expect that the you know here's the opening act here's the middle part here's the ending like then you just That's part of the reason why Psycho I think was so successful same. and so uh but because like you yeah. have the you have the starlet the high billing name yep. uh you know and someone who's you know, rarely off camera. The, yep. the time, and then boom, she just stab, 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 stab. In yep. one of those, in it's a brilliant, brilliantly yep. shot scene. And then you have the end. Your brain's like, what? Yep. What? This isn't how movies work. Yep. And it manages to keep on being scary. Did you ever see the remake of Psycho? The shelter shot. With Vince Vaughn. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, I, I like Gus Van Sant, but, but I haven't oh, seen yeah. it. But yeah, oh, I, so uh, to go back to uh, we were just talking yeah, about. Sorry. Um, uh, Candyman. Oh, Candyman. Yeah, Candyman. Um, I've never uh, seen this. It's really fucking scary. So it's it has a similar sort of thing. You're like, it's paced like this sort of like regular movie, and then some weird ass shit happens, and you're like, oh my fucking god, and you're like, you because then you're you don't feel like you're sort of in control of what might happen next. Yeah. Because if you're like able to sort of not outthink the movie, but you're like you feel like okay, I, I feel like I see where this is going. Like what could possibly like. Oh, I know how you know she's not gonna get hurt, or like she is gonna die at the end, or whatever. Like you're you're feel prepared for that. Yeah. But like once that that thing, once it sort of like make, takes this turn, you're like 
really fucking freaked out because you're like, I don't know how where this yeah. is going. Anything could happen now. Anything, mm-hmm. yeah, anything could happen now, and it's like really fucking scary. And uh, it's got this awesome Philip Glass score for it. It's just I'm super fucking good. It's really, really good. I don't fuck with Philip Glass. So like I don't. You don't like Philip Glass. I don't like Philip Glass. Like like. In, in in what way? Like in, in that you think he's like the the sellout version of Steve Reich? Uh, or like that combined with the fact that Olivier Messiaen was doing the same thing in like the nineteen in like the early half of the twentieth century. Well, Messiaen. I mean, Messiaen and Philip Glass are pretty different. I mean, Messiaen is definitely like more more of a serialist. Not really. I mean, he's not serialist, but he's much more focused on dissonance and like that sort of stuff. And like very very much. Um, like he's, I would not say he's minimalist in any way. Like, really? no. Mm-hmm. Like Messiaen is. is I mean, aside from his from his organ works, which are not could not be considered minimalist. More. No, no. I mean, no, Messiaen Messiaen was all about like transcribing bird calls and like later in his career, he, he literally would transcribe the sound of different waterfalls into music. Um, no, man. dude, fucking awesome. Quartet for the end of time is just like one of the dopest works of music ever written. Like, uh, um, so so like. The minimalism sort of stuff is that you've got like you got Terry Riley with NC, uh, and that's it's it, it, it just like just read it, Terry Riley, Philip Glass, and then Steve Reich, and then like John Cage and stuff like that, which is a little more yeah, I like Cage way Cage, more than Stockhausen. That's a little more Stockhausen like, too. That's like that's more on the like the weird ass experimental like aleatoric type stuff. Like um, any any listeners who want to know more about this should read the book. Uh, the Rest is Noise by Alex Ross. Did you ever see the really snotty, like, letter exchange between Aphex Twin and Stockhausen? No, what? Dude, it was hilarious. Aphex Twin and Stockhausen? Because, like, Afe- I would say Aphex Twin, like, ca- is... He carries on the minimalist, uh... To an extent. Yeah, like, I, I mean, so. you listen to, like, selected ambient works, and, like, that's, that you know, that sounds similar to what Steve Reich was doing with music to, for 18 musicians, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then he went off in, you know, this very kind of crazy... Uh, way which is less. Richard uh, D. James. Yes, uh, I, I I love it. But like Stockhausen listened to Aphex Twin and he said, "No, you should listen to this like th- this piece of music, which I like construct constructed out of like children singing." And then he would understand how to properly uh you know, properly structure a piece of music so that mm-hmm. and then Aphex Twin was like, "Yeah, you should listen to anything else because then uh he would understand to listen to make mu- how to make." music that people like less than ironically or something. It was oh, something incredibly man. snotty. Like, Fuck you, Apex Twin. Dude, I love Apex Twin. Wag of the finger at Apex Twin. <laughs> Dude, fist pound Apex Twin. <laughs> Stockhausen rules. Um, it was pretty snotty uh, little spat. Um. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That could not have come at a more perfect time. Uh, <laughs> do we have anything else to talk about? Uh, well, where are we? Like, Wait, what about the where about the hour mark? About the hour mark? Like, yeah. Oh, fifty-eight minutes. So uh, all I have left on the list is pop tarts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I'm still I'm still somewhat new to the world of pop tarts. Like, I, we, we talked about did this. You, did you not get a lot of pop tarts in the kitchen? No, we did not. I, did, we talked about this. I think like not on the show, but we have talked. We, about we it. talked about this on Twitter. We, uh, yeah. a, 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 I, I, I'm not afraid to say we sparked off a firestorm of debate. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and one of the conclusions I remember that was coming to that was that the toaster strudel is sort of like the uh, the, uh, the, the the sort of like the C plus plus. Yes. Of the, of, of the, the, to the Pop-Tart Sea. Toaster Strudel was dope. I love Toaster Strudel. <laughs> but I don't think they're in the same... They're, they're not in the same genre. They're not? They're, they're, they're connected, but, uh, like, larger... I would say they're almost more connected by their form rather than their taste. They're, they're, they're square-shaped things that come in packages, and they're delicious. But, right. like, the experience is very different. So would you say that, that, that the Pop-Tart is perhaps... The, the CCR, whereas the Toshi Strudel is the BTO. You don't compare pop tarts <laughs> to CCR ever. I'll hit you. I, I think it's 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 like it's like the relationship between cookies and cakes. Yes, yes. Pop tarts are cookies. To- Toaster Strudel are cakes. Where where biscuits fit into this? That's a good question, but I don't know. I I'd love well, I think the analogy. Right now. You I think the analogy <laughs> may break down there. Pop tarts. Pop tarts. 
don't know. know. I, they're, they're, yeah, they're we just, I just never really, we just never really had them around. Have you, have you ever had blueberry muffin pop tarts? No. These are the greatest thing that have ever happened. No. See, I got onto uh, on Earth. I got into onto uh, I got onto the Pop Charts Wikia. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, we, Wikia. And I looked at it as well. Yeah, Wikia, like <laughs> the site with the most stupid bullshit on the internet. I mean, in this, fact, this... in fact, was specifically created by Jimmy Wales as a place for the stupid bullshit that people were trying to put on Wikipedia. Right. For that to go. Yeah. It's like, like no. Wikipedia is for shit in the real world. Right. Like, like your stupid, crazy bullshit can go over here. Yes. Although, I think Pop-Tarts should be in the real Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Jimmy Wales. Eat you, a dick, Jimmy Wales. You objectivist asshole. <laughs> is he an objectivist? Oh, he's a huge uh, objectivist. Of course. He's a huge, huge objectivist. God. Pretty funny that he has to run this thing and beg for money. That's bullshit. I'm, I'm hitting the ham button. Ham. Yeah. <laughs> Our disgust has reached critical levels, and we must vent uh, it with him. Hail! Um, yeah, that, yeah the, the irony of him running a website that relies on charitable donations, <laughs> and him being a huge uh, objectivist, that's just delicious. Like, I, that's perfect. Is it more delicious than a Pop-Tart? There's, well, there are a few things more delicious. There are things more delicious than Pop-Tarts, what, not many. What kicked off this whole Pop-Tart retrospective so long ago was, did, didn't you witness a man stealing Pop-Tarts? No, I was at the store buying Pop-Tarts. Oh, okay. Because we were talking about Pop-Tarts. And I watched, and I'm in the seventh, I'm in the Seven Eleven, sort of near my house, which is just, it's a hellmouth. It is just <laughs> horrifying. Like, you go in there, and the floors are sticky, just oh. like, and they make that sticky sound when you walk in, and the oh. lights are flickering. It's some David Lynch shit. I'm serious. Like, you go in there, and you expect to see, like, fetuses. It is the just... 7-Eleven of nocturnal emissions. You know that, you know that scene in the pilot Twin Peaks where that, like, light is flickering? Yeah. yeah like, yeah. He, they, were just, they were just doing that. He's like, no, leave it. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he just told him to, to do the scene normally. That's, and that's then, what he always did. Like, yeah. One of the characters in there was like, uh, he was just a guy on the set. He was Bob, not an actor. Yeah, yeah Bob he's like, was, he's an electrician. That's so scary. Bob is an electrician, yeah. and he was like kneeling down near something, and he was like, no, film that. Stay. Like, he, well, because th- th- it turns out the guy had had, had an acting experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bill, uh, David Lynch was like, Tell me more. Yes. And, like, he was also turned out visible in one of the other shots that they filmed as, like, a, a flashback. Like, uh, they, they filmed it, and he was visible in a mirror. Like, just sort of, like, in a part of the corner of the thing. And, like, he's, like... It's, it's just all, sort of all started to come together for David Lynch in his mind. Like, how is it going to work? Lynch, he's crazy. He's so... The, dude, the, the, it's the best, so good. The, I, I, I'm still working my way through Twin Peaks. Oh, so I, I watched know. the pilot, and I was, like... I was with my friend, and we were just, like... Huddled under a blanket, like it's so good. But the, my fa- my favorite Twin Peaks story is there's the scene where uh, Kyle, Kyle McLaughlin, that's it, Kyle McLaughlin, yeah, Kyle McLaughlin, like John McLaughlin, okay. uh, yeah, uh, is you know he's doing like the he's doing the thing where because he's so goofy on that show where he's like talking about Tibet and like problem solving strategies <laughs> and how they read they read out names of suspects and he's throwing rocks at a bottle to like determine whether or not, uh, like, the, who's guilty or who they need to interview. Yep. And David, David Lynch is like, okay, you're going to throw, uh, the, you're going to throw these rocks at, the, at these bottles, and, like, you're, no, you're going to miss on all of them. And, like, it, it, the, the rock is, like, you know, it's, like, 30 feet away. It, yeah. The, the bottle's, like, 30 feet away. It's like, and you're going to miss, and then when you get to such and such a name, then you're going to hit it. And, like, uh, McLaughlin's like... How am I supposed to do that? Yeah, how am I supposed to do that? And apparently, just like David Lynch is like, just, just, just don't do work, it. just do it. And then the first take they do, he hits the bottle perfectly, and apparently, like somebody like off stage, like uh, like dropped the camera out of like surprise, like <laughs> what? Like yeah. David Lynch may be like a time lord or something. Like 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 apparently Kyle MacLachlan's character in that is based, David Lynch is like yeah, it's basically just me. <laughs> like with all the notes and all that shit, like all the weird shit that he does, you're like. Yeah, it's just like, Does like, that surprise like, you in the slightest? No. Not at all. Not at all. Like he's probably more normal than David Lynch. That's the thing is that David Lynch's Twitter account is the most normal thing ever. Yes. It's it, like hello it, Twitter. That's the weirdest thing you could have done. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, hello Twitter. I'm making some wooden furniture this weekend. I hope you do something that's as restful and yet as creative and fulfilling. Does and you're it, like, doesn't that disturb you? Yeah. It, that's. So, I think that might be. The he's point. creating dramatic tension because you're like, when's Lynch coming out? Like you just hear, you can just hear the Angelo Badalamenti like uh, uh, score, like playing, <laughs> like like as you're reading the suite, you're just like, 
Uh, yeah, but I, uh, I, put on the Twin Peaks, I put on the Twin Peaks soundtrack when I'm coding. Sometimes. Why would you do that to yourself? So oh my god! I would have a heart attack. I would like just like ruin every pair of pants. Because like, because like, like I'll, cause I'll be, I'll find out something doesn't work, and it'll be like we do. Yeah, dude, that theme, that theme is Laura Palmer's theme is yeah. so good. It, it's like the the, the it, I love how it takes that like dark turn at the end. It's like the Majora's Mask mm-hmm. main theme where it's like yeah, and it's got this really cheap like the the, the melody there. Yeah. Dee, da, dee, da, da, da. It's like really goofy. It's like stupid. It, it's supposed to be. Yeah, like, it's, it's like, like it's soapy, right? Yeah, it's like, a it's like a soap opera on heavy doses of acid. Right, and and that's why there's the soap opera within the soap and, opera. Yeah. Um, but then it just goes back to like the creepiest friggin' thing. Yeah. It's like tritone, like yeah, it's so good. Well, this is the only podcast on earth where, in the span of two minutes, it will lead from Pop Tarts to Twin Peaks. We also talked about mess. minimalism and Biggie, uh, in, which I'm pretty sure has never been done before in this podcast. <laughs> ham, ham. <laughs> I'm on heroin and I'm invisible! <laughs> <laughs>